Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is luxury healing, baby. <laughs> Find the business that pays, right? I'm not going to be out here spending a bunch of money on things that are just going to make me sad and I'm going to have buyer's remorse. I'm going to spend the money on things that make me feel good, people that, you know, make me feel good and, and go on places that make me feel good and things that resonate. Living is a luxury, don't you think? When we're talking about luxury healing, some of us didn't even make it to hear this show. So I think that we all need to be cognizant of the fact that just to be living is a luxury. When we talk about luxury healing, it's not always going to be cute. It's not always going to be free. Healing costs money. You think jail don't cost money? <laughs> and when you're in an unhealed space and you go to jail, that costs money. You know, when you're in an unhealed space and, and you're doing things, you know, to your kids or you're, you're not paying your child support or you're not paying your dues in the community, those things in the end will cost you money. That's a luxury that a lot of us don't have. Tell the Truth Tuesday on a Wednesday, and the show is called Sit Your Ass Down. So I was even reluctant because, again, sometimes I forget that y'all actually do tune into the show. Uh, we're coming up on six years. The show's been in existence five years. So on the days that I don't, you know, feel like I want to kid on or I don't have much to say, y'all are always so encouraging or something happens, and I'm like, oh, shit, I got to. to talk to y'all about this because there's been some things that were happening leading up to this moment. So y'all know the last, like, 30 days of shows, there's been some cadences in my shows. And I was thinking that I was being censored by Blog Talk, which Blog Talk Radio doesn't do that. And um, they don't give a fuck what you say. And I um, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because every time I'm getting ready to spit that heat or spit that fire or I'm saying something so profound or about my partner, my lover, or whatever, whatever, it would blank out. So that's when I realized that I was being silenced by spirit. Like, like the gods were literally like, shut the fuck up, you know, let these people figure shit out on their own, let them learn you, let them, you know, do things on their own. You can't keep warning people and trying to, you know, uh, grab their hand and walk through their process. Like, people have to be ready to go through the process. And if they're not ready to go through the process, those exact demons that you've been trying to fight, right, 
are just going to show up and show the fuck out because that's what they do. So today is January 22nd, 2020. Super excited to be home. So much to do. I actually slept today. And um, I always tell people because I love everything that I do. I love everyone in my life. I love everything that I do. You know, my son is great. My family's great. You know, there are some things that, you know, obviously <clears throat> I would change in my life, but not much, right? So I'm in a good space. I'm healing. And so I have about two. Some days my body doesn't even remember that in April those were the day, you know, that was the day my mom died. You know, some days my body doesn't remember or my mind doesn't remember, and then I'll get reminded later on. Goddamn Facebook, right? Um, so they're not any specific days. It's just like, for example, my last mini nervous breakdown happened um, December, December 17, 2018, and um, that was when I launched. 716CBD, so you guys can go on 716CBD.com. Any orders that were received over the weekend will be going out tomorrow. Uh, priority mail, of course, as usual. So for the most part, I'm just happy to be here, right, because I remember days that maybe I wasn't supposed to be here, broken jaw in the hospital, you know, things like that. So when I landed in Houston, so prior to that, every, everybody that knows me personally knows that unless I'm going to Vegas, I fly early in the morning because it's easier for me to just get out of work, come home, finish packing, because I actually do, like, it's like I'm going to the Grammys. Like, I, I do final walkthroughs with all outfits so that I'm not having to, you know, purchase things, you know, when I get out of town because I really don't have time for that. I'm trying to go to the grocery store, liquor store, go back to the condo. So... I, I was on my way, we had landed in Dallas, and I started getting sick. My stomach was already in knots. My, you know, quote-unquote lover boy um, was supposed to do something that he did not do. It was it was slight work, right? But I was disappointed because I was like, you know, you were supposed to do something, you didn't do it. And let me say this, a lot of people say that I only deal with men that have money, and that's not true. But it might be true based upon the fact that I only deal with men that work. I only deal with men that hustle. Like, and I don't mean hustle like drugs. I mean hustle like they out there, they doing what the fuck they need to do to provide, you know, for themselves, their families, whatever. So they don't ask me for shit. So when I do ask you to do something or when you tell me that you're going to do something and you don't do it, that hurts my feelings because it's like, oh, uh, you know, I, you know so, so my arguments with my beloved are more in the sense of me wanting to spend time or, or him not getting his way or something like that. But it's all based in love. It's all rooted in love. It's not like I disrespected him or he disrespected me and, you know, we're fighting because of that. No, it's, it's basically can we spend more time? Can we do this together? Can we do whatever? So I have a very special surprise coming, and it's a, it's a one-of-one custom piece that's being made for me by a, a, a very well-to-do artist down in Miami. And the reason that I chose it, you'll see when I do the unveiling, um, is because my partner, my my beloved, bought it for me. And I asked for it, and he, he got it for me. And a lot of people say, well, why would you want him to spend that kind of money on something like that, right, not knowing how much it costs because I don't discuss pricing. we got to discuss pricing, me and you can't be friends. And um, I said, well, because in moments where I feel I'm loved or when I feel like he doesn't care or in moments when I'm by myself and he can't be with me for whatever reason, right, I need to be able to have some sort of defining object or feature, right, aside from just his word that says that I know that this person cares about me and today was just an unfortunate day, right, 
or maybe his emotions got a hold of him, or maybe he was unavailable, or maybe we're just both tantruming, tantruming because we miss each other or whatever. I need something. Hence why you will see, and I learned this, I'm going to tell you something, from white women. You ever notice, like especially a lot of southern well-to-do white women, you fuck up in their relationship, they got a new card, and black men have caught on, absolutely. Black men have caught on once we, you know, started working and shit like that. But I'm talking about going back to like the 1930s and 1940s, that's how men apologize because all they had was their money and their physique, their, their physicality and then their, and then their money. And like I said, now we're, we're learning different love languages. And I believe his are actions, which, which are mine as well, and his are um, physical touch. He likes physical touch and he likes action. So he likes to see that you actually care about him. He doesn't really much care about the presence. He'll take them, but, you know, he doesn't care about the presence because if he wanted something, he would go get it. But that's where I come in because if I see that you need something or you want something, you know, I'll go get it because I know that just like me, I'm not going to stop and buy myself some Chanel Number no. 5 perfume. It's not on my list of fucking things to do. Not that it's expensive because it's, it's anywhere from 100 and something to 200 and something for the huge bottle, but, like, it's just not in my, my budget to go and do that that day. Like, if I have to go to the mall to get something, it's not to get that perfume because I have three, 5,000 other perfumes that I could be using. So... You know, I had that situation with him, and then I felt sad, right? So I'm already getting on the plane, feeling some type of... Then I'll just talk to you when I get back. You know what I mean? Mm. Which thus upsets him, because now I'm not in physical arm's reach, so it's not like you could just come and be like, all right, let me come give you a hug, or let me give you a kiss, and let's just, you know, let's fix it. No, you got to wait now. And this will happen 20 more times before the year's over, as far as me having to go out of town. So the best thing to do, so I said, well, I know I didn't see him before I went out of town, so I'm going to see him when I get back. That's, that's a given. The type of men that I deal with, not that he's in a category with any of them, but the type of men that I deal with, they're going to make sure if they didn't see me before I left, they're going to see me when I get home. And they got something for me. So I get to Houston. I'm literally almost vomiting getting off the plane. I'm never sick like that, and especially nausea. The last time I was nauseous like that, like, I, it was a Hennessy day in Atlanta, or, no, a Crown Royal day in Atlanta. You're talking about probably 10 years ago. So I'm extremely sick. I go. My son thinks that someone took his bag. I'm like, oh, my God. Come to find out, he took his tag off his bag, didn't recognize his bag, didn't know where the fuck he put his bag. So I'm walking around the airport looking for people that have the same bag as my son. Then I said, well, you know what, you better hope this person has something in it that you can wear until we can get you, you know, to the store. Sure enough, we open the bag, it's my son's bag. So that is one of the reasons why when people say, well, why don't you let your son fly by himself? Because he's a fucking child. He does not know how to navigate shit. I said, why would you take your name tag off the bag? Well, because I took it off. Right, but why the fuck would you take the name tag off the bag? Now your bag looks just like 100 other people's. Why would you be so irresponsible as to not know where the fuck you put the bag or to be able to identify the bag? You understand what I'm saying? This is why. So even though my son is five foot ten and 200 pounds or 190, whatever he is, he's still a child. So this upsets me. My nerves is bad. I can't even go throw up because I got minutes to try to find where my son's bag went when come to find out his bag wasn't lost at all. He was just a kid. Just doing kid shit, right? So I go get the rent a car, 
right? The lady's rude. Her skin looks like chalk on a fucking chalkboard, very dry, very pasty. And um, she puts me in a substandard vehicle, doesn't even tell me what the fuck the vehicle is, and then was like, oh, I'm trying to run your car. You have to do this, and we're going to have to put a hold on this, this, and this. I'm like, dude, you guys have never put a hold on my fucking card when I come to rent. Because I don't do credit cards. I have one credit card. And literally that card is to rent fucking cards. Because, you know, some of the places like Boston and shit like that started cracking down and they don't want debit cards, whatever, whatever. If I could, everything I did would be done just cash. But you can't do that because the way the world works. So she gives me this substandard car, okay, which I've never in my life drove any type of car like this. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. And so it, it works. And, and to, to the car's advantage, it got – I literally drove all over the city of Houston and I only had to put $13 of gas in it, period. Mm. So we get to the condo. And I left specific instructions that I needed to check in earlier, like 2 o'clock, check-ins regularly, 3, check-in at 2. I can't access any of the keys because they keep them – it's like called a key cafe and then you keep, the you know, the keys in there and the gate – So I'm sitting there, and I'm literally in this parking garage because I was able to make it inside the garage. And I'm waiting so that my keys become available so I can check into the condo, and I can't. So now I'm dying, okay, and it was so bad. I was so sick that I wasn't even able to go to the grocery store. Normally when I get off a flight and I'm going to, like, my apartment or whatever, we go grocery shopping first. doesn't matter if I'm in Miami. doesn't matter if I'm in L.A. We go grocery shopping first so that I can kick off the alcoholism when I get in the fucking house because now I'm on vacation. Now, remind you, I'm up at this point. It's uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm, uh, what, 27 hours at this point? 27 hours, mostly. Slept a little on the plane between feeling like I had to vomit and such, but whatever. So I'm like, all right. So my ex-husband calls me because my son's going to be with his dad. Um, So, yeah, I was down there to go to the Boss Life Ball, which was canceled, in lieu of Rico's 40th birthday party, which is one of Slim Thug's, like, brothers, like, partners. Uh, They own uh, the loyalty brand and all that other stuff that's down there in uh, Houston, you know, Icon. So that was canceled. So there's the brunch and the party, and, you know, that's fine. So... I normally just go grocery shop and bring the groceries in, and then I man down for a little while, take a little nap, get up, and I'm ready to hit the streets with my girls. So my girls are all man down. My one girlfriend is pregnant. The other one just had surgery. So I was like, all right. So I'm laying in the parking lot. I'm literally on the verge of death. Like, I can't even, like, sit up, right? My stomach doesn't hurt. It's a knots, but it's just I don't know what's going on, right, because I haven't eaten anything bad. I had a smoothie. Like, something's wrong. So my ex-husband comes to get our son. And he looks great, you know, him and the baby hug. They haven't seen each other since Hurricane Harvey when he was down there, which was probably, what, 2017, something like that. And um, that's that on that. So my ex-husband says to my son, we have a surprise coming. And my son's like, oh, what is it? And you could tell my son greedy ass, thinking it's like some food or like a car or something. Mm. He says, your abuela's flying in right now. And that's when I knew that's why I was sick, because I don't get along with me, Swagat. I don't get along with my ex-mother-in-law to this day. Not that I don't get along with her, I just I don't fuck with you. I don't talk to you when you when I met you, when I you know you came to Tampa and you was living with us, like you did some grimy shit, you know, so you got that grind back in your karma, and um, that's that on that. You don't fuck with me because I divorced your son, but your son wasn't doing what the fuck he was supposed to be doing at the time. 
okay? We cool now, me and my ex-husband, but that's that's the extent of it. Like, we don't have a relationship. I don't, you know what I mean? We don't call and ask him for shit. Like, anything my son needs, braces, surgery, anything is, is on mommy. Mommy does everything. So with little help from the dad, it, it it's something. So I don't complain. So I realized at that point that that's why I was sick. And then I'm also realizing that it's 2020, and had I stayed in the last relationship that I was with, I would be getting married February 20th, 2020, which that's not going to happen, obviously. So just a lot of triggers, right? I'm supposed to be living here. My my ex-husband's here. Like, it's it's a lot of shit to deal with. So when I find out that my ex-mother-in-law is coming, y'all, y'all ain't going to believe this shit, I take my phone out because I'm laughing. I'm like, yo, I got to call my mom. I got to call my mom and tell her this shit. She ain't going to believe this shit because my mother and his mother had words when she came up here. You know, my ex, my ex-mother-in-law, she doesn't speak English, so my mom was, like, telling her, like, you know, certain things that were rude and disrespectful when she was in my mother's home. So I go to call my mother. And y'all already know, like, I'm walking towards the parking lot. I was like, wait till I tell my mom this shit. Yeah, my mother been passed away since 2013. So I don't know who the fuck I thought I was going to call or why that even, like, came to mind. So, of course, I'm in the parking garage, and I just fucking lost it. Because in that, just remember I told y'all that sometimes, being busy all the time is a side effect of trauma, like the fact that you have to be busy all the time, you have to be doing something all the time. And that's because, and I had just told my you know, my partner this, and I said, I'm busy all the time. He's like, wow, you don't never stop because I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm writing this book, I'm doing this. I said, because I feel like if I stop just for even 30 seconds, everything is going to come crashing down and I'm going to have to be forced to deal with that, so I'd rather just stay busy until I can try to control that chaos. That's coming So I break the fuck down y'all I call my best friend Lisa I'm hyperventilating And I'm not that friend that's always in crisis I'm never in crisis Like I'm not that friend that like needs help Like or like damn I don't want to answer the phone Because Denise going to want something Denise, I don't need shit I'm good You know I'm not that friend that ever needs money I don't, I don't need nothing I'm good right And so I call her And she picks up and we're talking And I just like broke the fuck down and I felt so bad because it's like I, I, I had guilt because it's like I forgot, right? But I didn't forget. I mean, there's not a day that goes by that I don't remember that my mother's not here with us and departed. But in that moment, everything came crashing down, and then it made me understand why my shows were getting, you know, small silences and things like that because Spirit is saying, like, bitch, you're telling people – to go and deal with their demons and shit And you're not dealing with one of yours That's newly resurrected which is grief So you know I lost my father In 99 he was My age he was in his 40s when he died of um, Leukemia lymphoma We watched that happen I flew here From Pittsburgh and um, We were there the week before he passed um, I my grandmother died My grandfather died my other grandfather Died my mother's mother died Like so there's all these deaths, and I just I keep going. I just keep going on. So my mother was obviously the worst one. Like, I was fucked up from 2013 until really just 2018. I took that hard. Like, for five years, I was anything I did to anybody, you deserved it for them five years because you knew that I was not in my right motherfucking mind to even be doing anything. And so um, 
and you took advantage, whoever the fuck you are, um, male, female, whatever, business-wise, like whatever, because you knew I wasn't in my right mind, agents, anything. And um, so I had a mini nervous breakdown. And so a lot of people don't realize that your nervous breakdown is really your central nervous system, so that's your brain, your body. My body was not functioning. A bitch could not move. I was exhausted. I literally had to lay in my car and hyperventilate, have a panic attack, fucking fall the fuck out, sleep for 10 minutes until I was able to get into the apartment. Because, of course, and it's crazy because it was like, when when is the key cafe not available that I can't log in and, and get my keys out? When does that ever happen? It never happens. That never fucking happens. So it was like the gods were forcing me to say, no, you sit in this fucking parking lot by yourself because we know you don't want to do this in front of anybody, and you fucking have your grief. You have your breakdown. Let grief come through dripping and do what she does and fucking fuck you up for real quick because you forgot about her. And here I am telling y'all, and it's not that I'm a hypocrite, it's just I really never figured that grief was going to roll up on me like that because I try to take little moments to myself where I can remember my mom and I started a foundation for her and I, I do all these things and I'm just like, for this brief moment, grief was like, just let me come through. Like, grief was almost like, like your little side dude that you call, like, at nighttime, like, when you want to go, like, dip off somewhere, you know, because your main dude ain't acting right, you know. Grief just, like, showed up like a side dude. And um, grief showed up like the side chick, like, yo. Y'all know I don't believe in side chick anyways. So... Um, you know, I went in the house, and you know something wrong when I'm driving past a liquor store and I don't stop, right? Lisa talks me off the ledge like only she knows how to do, but she's very even kilted. That's my Sagittarius friend. And I didn't need emotional right now. You know, I didn't need that. I just needed, like, and I'm not speaking to my dude right now, which I don't know that I would have even called him because I – he didn't know my mom. He didn't know the tumultuous relationship that I had with my mom. He didn't see what the death is. So it's kind of like I didn't even want to. I could have called him. I, I really could have because we was beefing slightly. It wasn't even beef. It was like a, a turkey beef, like it was like a turkey burger situation. Um, but I just really wanted to talk to my mom. So I called Lisa. She talks me off the ledge, and she says, you know, for seven years, we've been waiting on you to break the fuck down. Like we we waited, and you just you won't. Stop to take a moment and acknowledge shit So she's like going there I couldn't listen I was so tired I couldn't even take a bath Like I was exhausted So I Something told me don't lay in the bed So I laid on the couch And I was out For like two hours Just zonked And people could say Oh you were exhausted You were tired No I take these type of trips All the fucking time Unless it's Vegas Vegas I take a nighttime flight So I could get there Get off the plane Go eat And then start You know And hit the, hit the ad You know Hit the strip But um So I was man down finally got up after I cried a bit, and I went to the grocery store. My body was still fucked up, so I got some chicken soup. I'm in Houston. I could have been having bodan balls. I could have been having lobster, Cajun this, Cajun that, real brisket. No, a bitch was eating progressive fucking chicken noodle soup because I couldn't even get myself together. I had to buy ginger ale. Like, that's how sick to my stomach I was. Um, and then I, I just rested. You know, it was almost as if everybody was unavailable that day, and I just rested. I took a bath, 
you know, I apologize to myself. I apologize to spirit for ignoring the facts and things that needed to happen in order for me to heal. So the next morning I wake up. I'm a little sluggish because I had me a little bit of wine, red wine. Late night. I slept. You know, I went to back to bed probably about 12, 1 o'clock. I don't go to bed until like 5, 6 o'clock in the morning. So I'm, I'm 7. 9 o'clock if I'm writing. And really, sometimes I don't sleep if I'm writing. So I get up, we get fly, we go to the brunch. I ain't seen my girl since I've been down here a couple of years ago. So we walk in the brunch. <laughs> and I'll never forget this. Because, you know, it's private, right? So I'm assuming that everybody there knows everybody. And so it's filled with all these beautiful black men, all these beautiful women, just black, white, Latina, like everything. And I hear my New York ass comes in there with my homegirl. And because... Houston is a very close-knit community, especially, like, the people in the older crowd, like the 30s and 40s. We're not the 20s. I mean, there was some 20-something sprinkled in there. So I got the vibe that they was looking like, who the fuck is this? But now Rico knew who I was because I had already been in communication with him, like, yo, I was coming down there. I see you guys aren't doing the ball because sometimes, I, you know, I like to report live from shit like that. You know what I mean? But in this venue, that's not appropriate. So we'll just come down, we'll get to know y'all, and then we'll, you know, we'll head out and be back down here next year, which they assure me next year. So I already have a gown for that, the black Monique Lillier, uh, who actually is a designer of wedding dresses, uh, atelier for uh, wedding dresses. So we're at the brunch. Houston just different, man. So they like, we got some black and fettuccine. We got some beef short ribs. I'm like, this is what y'all eating for brunch. They had eggs and black potatoes and everything. So the brunch was wonderful. We had crafts of um, of uh, mimosa or whatever. Slim Thug comes in. Whatever, and it was so weird because it was like being at. Because <laughs> first of all, you can tell everybody in there is boss. You can tell everybody in there, you know, has some type of conviction. Myself included, like you know what I mean. So you, I wasn't in no place where it was no bullshit getting ready to happen. Everybody in that motherfucker was was made and doing what they needed to do. You know, just just beautiful people, and I like to see that. Right, I don't like to be in no room where I feel like. Somebody in this motherfucker is broke as fuck and might try to try somebody else. So that wasn't the case. So we get the tickets. They honor their homeboy that had did a bid or whatever, give him the iced out necklace. So that's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of people talk a lot of shit about Slim Thug, and they say, well, we ain't heard from him since the Beyonce album. I'm like, no, you ain't heard from that motherfucker. That motherfucker is down there running Houston. Okay, he's got real estate ventures, he owns a tire company, rim shop, he does cars, like he's he's doing a lot of shit. He's doing what the fuck he says he's doing, and if you really was around motherfuckers that really had money and was really getting it like that, you would know that they do very regular shit, usually the other six days out the week. You know, he got the little, what is that, I think he got the Bentley truck, he got a bunch of cars. Some got like 20 cars, Rico got like 20 buildings that he buys and rehabs and whatever. So that's all I really want, I just I just want to be around people that's working. You know, you you didn't let the rap game put you in a situation where that's all you had to bring to the table. You were investing your money, so you're not out here fucked up like that, you know. So that's my era of rappers, right? So, you know, I had a conversation with uh, Rico, took some flicks with Slump. I didn't get a picture with Rico like I wanted to so that I could post, like, hey, this is the birthday boy, so y'all can go follow them. And then the people that I know in Houston, we met one real chick, you know, millions of dollars in um in equity and shit like that. So I was more on the females dicks in there, like what you know, like what they doing and how they how they getting money and shit like that than than I was ever on any niggas dick ever because 
that's not what I came there for. I came there to network and be around people that was like-minded. That's the type of shit I'm on. I'm there to feel the vibe. I'm not there to be, like, trying to holler at people. I mean, if you holler, that's cool. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not, that's not what I'm there for. I'm good. So we leave there. I know my homegirl, raggedy ass, ain't fucking coming with me because she had a surgery, so she got to go back. My other homegirl pregnant. So I was like, yeah, I end up having to go to the party that night by myself in Houston, Houston, Houston. Mm-mm-mm. Y'all women, y'all hurt me. And I said this last year when I seen the pictures from the Boss Life Ball. You guys can go on Instagram and hashtag, hashtag Boss Life Ball uh, 2019. Lil Duval was there. The mayor was there. All that type of shit last year. These men came in there so motherfucking fine, suited and booted, custom-made suits, shoes, hats. And you bitches came in there. About more than 50% of you bras came in there with some off-the-rack, how-dare-you, cotton, fake satin, slip dresses. This shit said formal. Formal. That means below the knee. Cocktail is above the knee. You know, so I, I, I just was like, now, of course, you know me. I came in there with the full sequins, regalia, you know, with the two-piece underneath it, a little Louboutin action on the foot, the little sandals, you know, the pigale. So so that's what we do, right? So I end up leaving there after about one drink because I was like, I'm not going to be stuck out here in Houston not knowing where I'm going. Um, slept good. Next day, get up, link up with my homegirl. We go to Prospect Park where it all started some years back, um, the one on Richmond. Uh, went over there, hung out, was reminiscing about when my car got towed from over there in the McDonald's parking lot. The service at, um, I hate to say it, sorry to this man, but the service at Prospect Park is fucking terrible. You got all these beautiful little sugar babies, little pretty-ass little girls walking around, can't get you a drink to save your life, can't get your food on time, the wings is cold. And I don't, I, I write for TripAdvisor. Y'all could look me up. You can Google that shit, too, under uh, Miss Hot Mess, H-A-U-T-E Mess. Um, yeah, that that I don't ever really give a bad review, especially when it's black owned because I'm trying to get you some business. But, y'all, niggas don't care about what you looking like if they hungry and they want their fucking food and drinks. You know what I mean? Like, they, they don't care. And um, it just it's, it's an issue. And then I'm hearing about some credit card scams that they had going on there that motherfuckers was like. So it was just like it was not the prospect park I was used to, like when we went there, smoked hookah a little bit, whatever, whatever. And like I said, the girls are beautiful, but the service sucks. So at some point y'all got to teach them the game to make them understand that. That's just no different than going to a strip club. You could be beautiful, but, bitch, you got to hustle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to hustle. And I could say that because I've been in the service industry. You don't want to pick up a table, I'm going to snatch it from you. And as I was a pirate, I don't give a fuck. I'm not walking out of here with less than three, $400 a night. And I worked in just a regular-ass motherfucking restaurant. That's not even when I was working at Hooters. Because I used to manage Hooters in Station Square in uh, Pittsburgh. Okay, yep, only black one. Only black female. So we leave there. I go to watch um, Bad Boys with my homegirl. Part two. That's not really my cup of tea, but I'm like, you know what? I'll go see it because it's Will Smith, it's Martin Lawrence, it's for the culture, bruh. I was never so proud in my life with my my amulet of my mother Santissima Muerte, the god, you know, goddess of the holy death. So all throughout the movie, without giving away too much, they keep showing this cartel queen um, worship Santissima. And there was a reason she was trying to get back at Mike Lowry, and it was just super fucking deep because. They always try to attribute Santissima with darkness, and and so it it just leads me to this bad conversation that people think that death is darkness, and it's not. 
even when you get the death card in tarot, and I just did a show about this, death is rebirth. So although my mother's not here physically, she's obviously reborn in me because I'm her child. So the things that she wanted to do, I took a year, I think it was the year after, 2014 or 2015, where I did everything that my mother would have wanted to do. I went to California where she used to live. I went to the Kentucky Derby because, you know, my grandfather uh, raised horses out on the West Coast, you know, and out in Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I, I'm trying to live out, you know, I'm making sure that my mom's house gets redone the way I know she would have wanted. I bought couches. I know she would have wanted, you know, everything that I do is just based on what she would have wanted. And I know she's proud of me, right? So I think that also because I was ignoring my mother as an ancestor and I'm, you know, worshiping Santissima and Dantor and Frida and Ogun and Oya, you know, Oya Yanza and, you know, different things. Um, not that spirit gets jealous, but it's kind of like, well, damn, what about me? You know, so there's not a day that goes by I don't remember my mother. So we're watching the Bad Boys movie and, and they're showing how Santissima works. This bitch had, because, I mean, she was a cartel queen, she had a whole balcony full of the tall, like, six-foot, seven-foot Santissima statues. Because, you know, you can go to Santissima for legal matters. She was original, uh, originally a narco uh, saint where a lot of the cartels prayed to her for their shipments and a lot of the mules prayed to her, the poor people that were forced into uh, selling drugs and smuggling them, especially the young girls, you know, where they make them stuff themselves and so on and so forth. So mm, we end up... Um, Finishing that, and then it just it brings everything back to full circle. So my other homegirl ends up flying to Dallas because she's trying to move out that way, and it's just you know everything came full circle, and it was like in life there is death, and in death there is life. So it's as above, so below. So I finally fly home and um, watch the last episode of Power, which I'm irritated with Power, but you know because that's something me and my stepdad do together. You know we watch Power, we was watching a Bumpy Johnson joined the Godfather of Harlem and just little things like that. Um, my son was back to business as soon as he got off the plane, went to his, you know, little meeting that he had. And um, so we're watching Rescue 911, Lone Star State, boom, they got a blue high in there that's fucking with Santissima as well because she's real heavily prevalent in Texas because they're so close to Mexico. So I was happy about that, that people are starting to see that it's not, Death is not something that should be feared. I mean, it's not wanted right now, obviously, but sometimes you got to sit your ass down. And sometimes you have to sit in your grief or you sit in your responsibility, right? So sometimes you have to sit down and say, like, am I really mad at this person for being in a relationship with them or is it my fault that I keep allowing them to do this to me? Because I'm so scared that if I if I leave this person alone, right, that there's going to be no one out there for me. And then you have some men that are scared to leave a woman alone because they're like, I don't want nobody else to have her. That's not love, right, because love is what? It's unselfish, it's kind, you know, the whole biblical shit that everybody talks about. Um, And you can love somebody and not be with them, right? So it's just like in death, I can love my mom and not have to make a memorial to her every single day or or remind myself of her death and the manner in which she died every single day. So I get home, and um, I could have did the show yesterday. Nope, had to sit my ass down. Um, my homegirl ain't here, so I didn't go over there. So my boo calls, my dude calls. A little odd because it was a little late for him. He's like, let's go get a drink, and he don't drink. 
was that was also interesting. And then some way or another, trauma and grief causes other things, right? So I end up having all this wild, angry, passionate sex because that's, you know what I mean? Like I have to get this energy out somehow. Whatever energy that I was feeling, maybe just to be touched on, maybe just to be loved on, I needed something. Right, so what better person That's the only person that I could You know, obviously do that with So, and I think that he For whatever reason, he doesn't talk to me about He's opening up though Um, He needed something too He needed to be touched He needed to be loved on, he needed to be wanted Whatever, so it's always good When you just take a moment And, you know, he had to sit his ass down Over the weekend too, I'm not saying he did But I'm just saying like, motherfucker You have to understand what it's like when you don't talk to me just like I have to understand what it's like when I don't talk to you. I had a full-blown nervous fucking breakdown, and I didn't call you because, you know, I didn't feel like fucking talking to you because you you didn't do what the fuck you said you were going to do. So I had to explain to him that, like, you know, our arguments are not going to be hopefully about lies and shit like that because if you lie to me, I'm just going to cut it off because there's no point. I'm, I'm the coolest broad on planet fucking Earth if you tell me the truth because then nobody can come to me and tell me nothing about what you did. I say this all the time. You can't handle the truth. Bitch, I can. I can't handle the lie is what I can't handle. Because you didn't have no business doing that. Because who the fuck am I to lie to? I tell a bitch in a minute. My homegirl just came to me the other day and said something like I lied to her about something. I said, first of all, who the fuck are you to lie to? Who are you? Why would I lie to you about what? You are not that important for me to try to protect your feelings on any level, and you're supposed to be my friend. I don't need to lie to you. You're my friend. Right? So, you know, I think that uh, I had to sit my ass down when I got to Houston. But wait, y'all, I didn't even tell y'all what happens at the airport. So before I land down and I see my beloved or whatever and we go for drinks and we chill, I pick my son up at the airport. He's with his dad. His dad had another little baby. I think she's like one years old, almost two. And then there's my baby. So I love his oldest daughter. She just loves me and I just love her. And um, she's just, I, I think she's a sweetheart. I love her. And um, it's evidenced by everything that I do. I'm very, you know, uh, she's very favored by me. And um, it's funny because my girlfriend says to me, she goes, how could you, like, like your ex-husband's kids? And I'm like, because they're kids. You know what I mean? They didn't, they don't know, you know, what their daddy did or how fucked up their mama was towards me, whatever. So isn't my mother-in-law at the fucking airport, right? Let me tell you something about power. So my mother-in-law is at the airport. The new baby's there. She don't fuck with me. But I'm like, fuck that baby. You know what I mean? Like, she's a baby, but for whatever reason, she don't like me, whatever. She's one. The other baby comes, gives me hugs, kisses, see my son. And this is how you know that I'm in a position of power and I'm in a position of healing. She don't speak English And she she puts her hand up like to wave at me Now my ex-husband He ain't got no You know He, he ain't got no dog in the fight He chilling And so I go Because I'm a hugger right So I go to give her a hug Bruh She was so tight Like a popsicle stick Like she was just like Completely like 
didn't want it. And this upset me only because, first of all, I don't give a fuck about you enough to really even give a shit that you're not hugging me back or whatever. She didn't say two words to me. My son is standing right the fuck there, you old-ass bitch. Like, and I know you don't want me to tell my son what the fuck really would really happen all those years ago prior to the divorce and where you went, how you came over here on my visa and you fucking disappeared and then your son disappeared. Like, you don't want me to tell my son about that because he, he's too young for that. He don't need to look at you in that fucked up ass way. You don't need me to tell my son that my mother almost beat your motherfucking ass some years back because you was wild disrespectful in her house. Okay. So, you know, just for my son to see that, like, I felt bad for my son. And here's the thing. I'm going to always win in this fight because of the fact that I do what's best for my son. I don't I don't take my feelings into consideration when it has shit to do with my son. Because of the fact that if that was the fact, I wouldn't have just spent a grand just to go to Houston for the weekend. I didn't have to go to Rico's party. I didn't have to do none of that shit. I could have said, oh, the boss life ball ain't until next year. Oh, we'll see you next year. But I didn't do that. My baby ain't seen his dad in years. It's starting to take its toll. He ain't never around when he needed when we needed him anyway. Like, you know, my son was going through his little emotional shit, his little scare with the law a couple years back, you know. You know, I, I would have brought delivered the baby to you and told you that you could keep him for a school year or two. You know what I mean? Because he needs just men underestimate how important they are just in anybody's life. So you underestimate the fact that you have a man until you have to go outside and shovel your car out. And not to say that men are just here to be laborers, but I had a dad. You know what I'm saying? I've had a husband. I've had. I've been very well taken care of in my life. So it's just certain shit I don't do. I don't touch garbage bags. I, don't, I tell you, I don't touch doors. I, I really, I don't do that. So I can, but I just don't because I've never been in a situation where I had to explain that to somebody. My friend was telling me, he was saying last night, I was talking about something about the pool table, why people don't stand at the end of a pool table. And I said, oh, that sounds very similar to why people shouldn't stand at the beds of people who's dying. And he's like, you always connect things together. And I said, because everything is connected. Everything, the reason that things are the way that they are is because there is a reason that happened probably two, three centuries ago that we don't remember. Like people always say, oh, what's the importance of the man walking on the outside of the street and the woman walking on the inside of the street? And they'd say, you know, so if the man gets hit by a car, you know, if the car jumps a curb, the man gets hit first. That's actually not fucking why a man is supposed to walk on the outside of the street. That actual scenario goes back to European times before plumbing, okay? And women would throw their bath water out of the window. And when they threw it out of the window, if a woman was walking on the outside of the street of Italy, um, she was more likely to be hit with the water, right? Whereas if a man, right, just like you used to see men, you know, with the umbrellas and putting a jacket down over a puddle so a woman could walk over it, so the water was to hit the man, not the woman. That's why men are supposed to walk on the outside of the street, not because you're going to get hit by a car. So I actually take the time to research things before I say them so I know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I research things. So in my moments where I'm trying to be still, I'm reading something, I'm watching documentaries, I'm writing something, I'm listening to something, I'm doing something that's going to enrich my life, right, or enrich my knowledge about something. You know, like I have a vast knowledge about Jewish, Muslim, and 5% culture, just because that's what I felt like studying for a year or two at a time. Not that I ever was going to pledge those religions, but 
you know. So what what I say, everybody at some point needs to go sit their ass down. Sit your ass down isn't really, because if you don't do it, Spirit's going to do it. And my brother Ken Constantino came out today and said, you know, his mind is always racing and this, this, and this. And a lot of us have post-traumatic um, stress disorder. And um, it just, it, it gets to a place where you just can't even function anymore. And I think that's what happened. Like, my body went out. My body went numb. I mean, I, you know, I wish I probably would have called my significant other, but, or my, my dude, whatever we're calling him. Um, I have to ask him what he wants to be called because, you know, it changes day by day. I at least don't call him motherfucker, though. I don't do that. Like, <laughs> he has not become a bitch-ass nigga yet. So, um, but, um, you know, my brother, Ken Constantino, and he's also gifted as well, and I was like, you know, if you don't sit down, he got a new baby. I said, the God's going to pick a day for you, you know, and you don't want that. Because they don't give a fuck if you have to go to work. They don't give a fuck what you got going on. Like, I got sick days. I'm scared to fucking take them because what if another little nervous breakdown creeps up and shit? And like I said, I have I have one like every you know couple years. It's not like, but when I say mine is serious, like my shit is like I'm done. I can't. I'm catatonic. I can't talk. I can't walk. I can't do shit. Um, I'm dead. Really, that, that's what it is. It's like I'm on life support. So sometimes we have to sit our ass down in our unfortunate situations. Sometimes we have to sit our ass down and bask in what we've created and built. You know, there, there's there's a part of me that does not acknowledge some of my successes until someone fucking tries me. And then I have to be like, well, wait a minute, bitch. First of all, you know, I've done this, I've done that, and I have to pull my proverbial dick out, you know, my spiritual dick. i got to pull my dick out because you tried me or you just assumed that I was just a regular-ass bitch. I'm not no regular-ass bitch. I don't do regular-ass shit. I don't date regular-ass dudes. I don't. So... Sometimes sit your ass down means, and sometimes, you know, men especially have a lot of problems with sitting down in your filth. You know, a lot of your women hate your motherfucking guts because the shit that you may have done 10, 15, 20 years ago, maybe when you was in fucking elementary school, you know. And a lot of men, especially in my last situation, they have a lot of problems just sitting in that filth and saying, I said, this bitch fucking filthy. And anything that this bitch does to me right now, I'm not going to like it but it's warranted, and I understand, and I understand that this is changing our relationship, and maybe I'm not supposed to be with her at this time because I've hurt this bitch so bad that if she takes me back, I'm scared. My father said that about my mother. He said, you know what, after, because my dad had put hands on my mom once, once that I knew of, and he said, I'm, I, I can't be with her no more. And I said, why? He said, because she brought that anger out of me. And I saw it, you know, and I talk about that in the book, uh, Daniel Lane, The Diary of a Hot Mouse. We talk about that incident where I first think I was diagnosed with PTSD when I was like 9 or 11, you know, <laughs> me from seeing my parents fight, my mom especially. And um, I remember my dad said, I can't stay with her because she's going to try to kill me. He said, and I can't live like that. He said, I know she's never going to forgive me. My dad didn't even cheat. He hit her. And um, he says, I know... I can't, you know, take it back. So my dad was just kind of like, I'm just going to cut my losses. And he was right. You know, it's just certain shit. Women are not going to let you live down, and you have to sit in your shit and be like, this shit stinks. It's terrible. Right. So you either have to accept that she's going to treat you like this for the rest of your fucking life, or you have to accept that, you know what, I did my time. Like I tell y'all, anything over a year with you being punished, like I can't even see punishing a dude that I'm with for a year. I'm just not going to fuck with you.
because I'm going to get you back some kind of way, you know, because the universe takes too long sometimes. And it's not cheating because I don't cheat. That's not what I do. I just leave. And I told you all that's the most dangerous time of a relationship is when a woman wants to leave, right? So you think that grief or any of your demons is any different? When you want to leave those situations where they are celebrated, your demons are celebrated, they're acknowledged, whatever, whatever, when you want to leave those situations, they're not just going to let you go like that. Grief wasn't going to just let me keep walking around like everything's fucking fine. She was like, surprise, bitch, call your mom now and see what happens. Okay, just out of touch with reality situation. Bitch wasn't even drunk. I wasn't even drinking. I wasn't nothing. I can't even say I was exhausted because I've done that before. When I'm writing my book, sometimes I'm up 36 hours, you know. And um, sit your ass down could also mean, you know, sit down and do the fucking work. You know, a lot of you think that, you know, oh, I want to start a podcast. Well, start it then. Do the work. I want to write a book. Start it then. Do the work. They said to me one time, well, how much do you get paid to do a ghostwrite? I said, I start at 10000 Start. And nine out of ten times, y'all, y'all wrote five sentences. So everybody got a story, right? But nobody wants to write the fucking book. Nobody wants to sit down and be honest with themselves because you know I write nonfiction. So I'm not going to let you lie to me while you're telling me about this book because that's not healing for you. It's not healing for somebody else. So I think that the reason that my show kept getting skipped out on um, last week is because Spirit was like, bitch, we got something special for you, okay? <laughs> we about to really let you have it because you up here telling these people to do this and you're not doing the work yourself. And it was just grief, that's all. The anger, we, we, we've talked about anger. We got that under control. You know, we've talked about, you know, um, depression, you know, so that demon ain't getting to me. And it's really to the point where I know I'm healing because I'm not even drinking the way I used to. And it's funny because... My one friend was like, girl, do you even drink? I'm like, bitch, now you know damn well I drink. I used to drink, drink. But now I'm just kind of like, I'm good. You know what I mean? There, there's no reason um, for me to drown my shit away. And um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm good. Like, I'm, I'm super good. Like, so the grief thing, I think, made me feel guilty because, it was almost like I forgot my mom. So now I'm like, should I go tat her name on me, like where my dad's is, or should I, you know? But then I'm like, no, because the way that I live my life is a commemoration for my mother, you know, and my grandmother and my grandparents and my 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 um, ancestors, right? So I wish that, you know what I'm saying, some people would just sit their ass down and sit in their shit. Like when I do motherfuckers dirty, I sit in that. Like, literally, I've never done no no dude dirty, but, like, if I said or did some shit that triggered him to do something else and that shit came back and hurt me, like, not cheating, but just, like, to have a motherfucker feeling like you really don't give a fuck about him. Like, men are babies. Like, y'all have to stop thinking that our men are these powerhouse machines because that's just one aspect of it. They're still human beings. They're still very – they're actually more emotional than we are. We can hurt a man much quicker than a man can hurt us because there's just certain shit you're not going to say or do to me. And I'll be like, nigga, what? So with our men, you know, especially like even I see it with my son, you know, you do one little thing to my son, he out. Like I was talking to him about his Valentine's Day, like with his little friend, and he was like, oh, no, that's not my girl. He was like, nah, she ain't getting nothing. And I'm like, well, what did she do? He's like, she didn't do anything per se. So whatever she did, it was such slight work. But whatever it is, it changed my son's opinion about her, and he's almost 16 years old. 
You see what I mean? So men are just very different creatures than we are. I think men take their sorrows to the bottle. I think men take their grief, you know, out physically sometimes, right? It's not always cerebral. So sometimes, a lot of times, abuse in relationships comes from unspoken traumas or grief that your man can't get out the way that he would want to. And I'm no different, right? So I'll go put out a bunch of books and start radio shows and clothing brands and a CBD company and do all these things until I physically exhaust myself because what I'm really doing is avoiding getting in a relationship with somebody. I'm avoiding dealing with, you know, death. I'm avoiding being technically an orphan because I don't have parents, you know, and I'm avoiding finishing this book because I've not dealt with The gods had to take her because she had fulfilled what she was supposed to do So while we are out here celebrating, not celebrating, but acknowledging demons I think that we need to make sure that we're acknowledging the ones that maybe aren't so prevalent, right? So addictions are prevalent, you know, um, violence is prevalent, you know, being disrespectful Like flip of the mouth, that's prevalent Grief is one of those ones that's like a silent killer, right? Because the grief is not the same as depression Depression come and they they checking in they they trying to stay, those demons are trying to stay, right? Um, and there was a meme that was posted and it says, you know, you're not stuck, you're not in a rut, you're not blocked. You have been dealing with trauma and learning how to survive for so many years that your body needs a break. So that that's not you know that's not you being stuck. That's you trying to you know, fight off those demons that are trying not to let you live, you know. And so a lot of people are like, oh, my God, that was so profound. And I'm just like, but that's what I really think, you know. Um, matter of fact, the meme says, um, oh, here it is. You are not lazy, unmotivated, or stuck. After years of living your life in survival mode, you are exhausted, and there is a difference. And I think that that's what really happened to me. Um, on Saturday Because I mean who gets to Houston And can't get up and go the fuck out Who does that Nobody Me So I just think that um, It's just um, I don't know I just think that it's it's really important For us to If we're not talking to each other That we talk to somebody Because certain situations can't be fixed Like death can't be fixed There are certain situations in relationships that can't be fixed No matter what you do, no matter how hard you try And then if you continue to sit in that grief And you continue to sit in that dysfunction And that unloved space That makes you, you know, unable to go out And get the love you think you deserve Because you think that, you know, you feel guilty about that because I told y'all before, some dudes ain't cheating, some niggas ain't cheating, some niggas just surviving. Because you put them in positions, and I don't blame you bitches, because I understand these motherfuckers is motherfuckers. I understand that. But I hear a lot from my friends about the shit that they're doing to their men, and I'm just like, bitch, you probably got about, you know, I had I had somebody, my homegirl, she told me, she said, um, she ain't worried about her dude going on. And they ain't not married, because they got a lot invested. 
And I said, see, the problem is the minute that you think that, that's the minute that your nigga going to do exactly the thing that you thought he wasn't going to do. And, yes, you're gorgeous, you're pretty, you're whatever, whatever. Niggas don't care. Niggas go where they feel loved, where they feel revered, and where they feel worshipped, right? I'm not a rest haven for hoes. I'm not, you can't just come to me and just, you know what I mean? But I had to warn her, you know, and her dude is in a very prestigious position. He's, you know, he's doing what he do and so on and so forth. But I'm like, the minute that you think that motherfucker wouldn't do that because you just got it like that is the minute that you lost him. Because you can't keep beating up on people, do any male or female. Just like a dude, if your bitch cheat and you take her back, you, you everything that came with that, you accepted it, and you can't talk about that shit no more. So what I want to do is I want to acknowledge that everybody at some point, especially in the winter months, just at least try to take a day and sit your ass down. And I don't mean sit your ass down and just eat, like, hot Cheetos and watch, like, reruns or, like, Boomerang and shit. I mean, really sit in your filth. I sat in my filth. I ain't shit sometimes. I, I really was a not shit motherfucker because you know why? I was looked out for myself. I was looked out for my family and then by any means necessary. And then when I see that that same thing is not reciprocated, then I stop. You never know how hard people are riding for you until they park, right? So I'm going to leave y'all with some Sade because it was her birthday a couple weeks ago, her and um, her and Aaliyah, and I'm going to leave y'all with a little bit of uh, King of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. 